With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. Two positive test results in travelers from the 356 COVID-19 tests carried out since our last report on Tuesday. To date, there have been 96,331 COVID-19 vaccinations given in all in the Cayman Islands. 49,403, that's 69% of an estimated population of 71,000 have had at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. And 46,928, 66% of the population estimate completed the two-dose course. Premier the Honorable Wayne Panton makes an announcement today. Part of the acronym PACT in our PACT government is transparency and making public decisions of cabinet is part of adhering to good governance and being transparent. Minutes of cabinet cannot be made public for 20 years but we're determined to let the people know the government's business. So we came up with a solution to inform the people of cabinet's decisions that concern the day-to-day -day operations of government. The more we can be accountable to the public, the better we are at transparency. So I welcome this first release of decisions made in Cabinet. The announcement was posted online on the CIGTV YouTube channel earlier today. Members of Parliament approved $96.4 million in additional funds for the government's 2021 budget when House proceedings resumed today. Having worked through the details in Finance Committee, MPs returned to the House and voted the final approval, enabling government to access funds required for planned and ongoing programs and projects. Among the amounts approved, a sum of $27.5 million earmarked to extend tourism stipend payments until December 31st. This is one of a number of additional fund allocations to deal with the ongoing fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll have more right here on Radio Cayman in the coming days. There's also the division. 11 ayes, 6 noes, the motion carries. Finance Committee approves a $2 million decrease in funding for the Ministry of Investment, Innovation and Social Development for international engagement and representation of the Cayman Islands. Minister responsible, the Honorable Andre Ebanks, moved the motion on Monday, explaining to members of Parliament why government felt the move was necessary. Under the prior administration, a plan was conceived to once again expand the number of overseas offices and also to include a broadened mandate for investment promotion. However, the complexities related to financial services have increased since that plan was proposed. There are now evolving international standards and new global initiatives and a changing in the geopolitical landscape are factors that have a real tangible impact on the framework of financial services, the main pillar of the economy. Mr. Ebanks announced the PAC government has decided to refocus the proposed overseas offices for North America, Europe and Asia and transfer the personnel to the Ministry of Financial Services rather than his ministry. Deployment of staff to overseas offices would probably not commence until last quarter of this year in relation to North America and Europe and with a focus of maybe Q1 for Asia next year. Now that the focus is now on financial services, the hired staff now need to fully immerse themselves in the complex area of regulation and tax matters. So jurisdiction-specific training programs will be developed and then implemented for the staff to learn. Mr. Ebanks tells MPs this new approach means the $2 million earmarked for physical international offices will not be needed this year. In the meantime, government will also be looking at approaching these offices in a, quote, more cost-effective way. Opposition members who were in the previous administration strongly opposed the move, stressing the importance of having Cayman boots on the streets, particularly with regard to the European Union post-Brexit, despite the opposition the motion passed. 
Five staff members have already been hired to man the international offices, a move made by the previous administration earlier this year, close to the election. Leader of the opposition, the Honorable Roy McTaggart. I was just trying to understand the state of play with regard to the persons that have been hired because I'm aware that at least one member and others are, were you know, selling homes and packing up and, and moving. And you know, this change may have been taking place now subsequent to that. Are they continuing to be on the government payroll? Mr. Ebanks confirmed all staffers are continuing to be paid, and those who have already left the jurisdiction are in discussions with government on returning to Cayman for training. Questions were posed by some MPs about the situation these civil servants have been placed in. Engaging staff during that particular period without knowing a new government's priority would present these sort of challenges. I can undertake to have a review in relation to the timing of hiring or entering into contracts, not just for this situation, but for all of us so that no further administration would find themselves in this position again. And also not just not just an administration, but the staff that are, might be affected during that time, time period where a new administration has not had a chance to set its feet in its priorities. Three full-time representatives were contracted for each office in North America, Europe, Brussels, and Asia, with deputies each for North America and Asia. What we are trying to understand, Mr. Chairman, is how the various projects are progressing and whether or not there is adequate funds to, to have them done. An update on government's major road projects and finance committee as lawmakers discuss a $2 million supplemental appropriation. More from Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller. First up, Infrastructure Minister the Honorable Jay Ebank spoke to the expansion of Shamrock Road from the Red Bay School Roundabout down to Grand Harbor in South Sound. Yes, the CUC is actually moving their, their transformers and stuff right now as we speak. Um, and we're looking that that actually would be about a month for them to get out, everything out of the way, and then the completion and paving of that road will probably take between another two to three months. Red Bay MP Alton McLaughlin then asked for an update on the proposed extension from the Grand Harbor Roundabout through to the King's Roundabout, going behind the Lion Center. On the, the one that goes behind the Lion Center, we're just awaiting the final design of that and to see also the value of it. The value of it. Well, what is he referring to? Mr. Chair, through you, there's still merit to go um, for that road, but we're just waiting on the actual, when I said value, um, basically the final cost of what it's going to cost us to get there. And Mr. Chairman, the other bit of that question that I asked was about the proposed cut through from Selkirk Drive on to Bimini. Honorable Minister. Behind Grand Harbor. Mr. Chair, through you, um, I think both of those roads are also connected together from right, so they're all in the same package. The former premier wanted to know if a controversial project to provide a cut-through from Selkirk to Bemini had been abandoned after pushback in relation to a land dispute. It's not an easy task. There's a lot of discussions going on with this road. So I intend to continue pushing on with it and having the discussions with the people so we can actually see how we can actually get this resolved. Mr. Ewings confirmed that negotiations are still underway with regards to the land issues. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. Other roadworks include the resurfacing of Seven Mile Road, which the minister says will hopefully be complete before the borders reopen to tourists. Mr. Ebanks also says a main priority of his government is the extension of the east-west arterial.
The Office of the Ombudsman investigates a case of potential excessive police force. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin has more. A complainant alleged that he was grabbed by the throat, thrown onto a bed in his home and handcuffed by Royal Cayman Islands Police Service officers who were in the process of executing a search warrant. The complainant asserted this conduct represented an unreasonable use of force by RCIPS officers. Ombudsman investigators established that the officers obtained a lawful warrant for the search. During the search, a police officers saw the complainant picking up a small plate holding an amount of white substance the officer believed was cocaine. RCIPS officers intervened to prevent the complainant from swallowing the substance. The complainant resisted the officers and continued to try to swallow the substance. The ombudsman accepted the officer's statement that they were concerned about the complainant's health and safety. The ombudsman found that if the officers had not restrained the complainant, he would likely have ingested the substance which was subsequently identified to be cocaine. The ombudsman found that the force used was necessary and reasonable in these circumstances. Following the struggle, the complainant was taken to hospital and it was determined he had suffered no serious injuries from the incident. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. For more information about how the Office of the Ombudsman handles police complaints and on how to make a complaint if you need to, please visit ombudsman.ky or call 946-6283. You can also email at info at ombudsman.ky. And that is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm April Cummings.